Hey everybody, it's episode three. Oh fuck, we forgot to clap. <laughs> Alright, I have to keep that in. Uh, one, two, three. Hi everybody, it's episode 395 of PodQuest. Hey! It's Tuesday, March 8th, 2022. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Should I clap some more? No, no, we're good now. Any okay. more claps, I'm going to get confused when I'm syncing it. You're, I'm just going to end up deleting your entire audio track. That's, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. I've done it before. No one's noticed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't listen to the show, so I don't know. Yeah, what exactly. This is the None whole of, entire, the whole do. entire, the whole entire show could just be us going the entire time, and uh, none of us would know because you you edit it. You don't even listen to it. I like listen to bits and pieces of it. Um, I was I was very surprised that uh, Sean listens to bonus actions just to uh, to refresh himself on what happened between. He he told me about that uh, when we were recording uh, Brose last week. He was like, "Yeah, I, I listened to it because uh, I realized I don't have any notes and forgot everything that happened." And I'm like, "Hey, that's what it's there for for us, kind of." So awesome! I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, I'll um, like I mentioned to him the other uh, when we were recording. I'll try and start um throwing like a share link in um Discord for it at least for mm. like the between um sessions so that if you guys do need to like grab the full audio file you can and you can kind of like skim through it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, man, it's been a long day. I totally forgot we were recording today also. Yeah, so, I knew we were recording because I'm doing my taxes tomorrow, so that's what it So I have taxes Jordan has a concert or something. Who are you seeing, Drew? Knucklepuck. Right, right. And you're going to um, Motion City Soundtrack, too, right? Yes. Nice. Is Sarah going? No. What, is she not, like, fun? Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if you know, but um, Erica got me tickets for that for my birthday. Nice. Yeah. Um, I guess you had mentioned it to her that, that it was coming up mm-hmm. at some point in passing. Um, yeah. So, so she grabbed tickets for it. Yeah, I didn't realize it. I, I don't know if, you, if you've actually looked at it. Um, it was originally their 15th anniversary tour for, for Commit This to Memory, and now it's their 17th anniversary tour. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah, because they've been trying to do this tour since 2020. Yep. Man, that's a... Whew, that, that That's actually going to be the first concert I go to at the Fillmore. It'll be my first one at the Fillmore proper, assuming I don't go see Beach Bunny there in May. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've just... I've actually, like, I don't think I've ever actually been to Fishtown. Like, I've just never had a reason to go up there, and the Fillmore is just far enough away that I usually don't, when I'm looking at concerts, I kind of just skip that, them. Mm-hmm. Which I probably shouldn't, because a lot of the bands I listen to play, like, go through there before they go through some of the, like, the Troc's gone. So yeah. that's basically, like, where the bands that used to play the Troc now play. Yeah, I've, pretty much. I've been in the Fillmore. Uh, I think it was early on, and when it was, like, just becoming the Fillmore. Um, but like not for a concert. I was uh, a buddy of mine played in a couple bands, and I think they were getting ready to do a show there, and was either like dropping off a deposit or something. I can't fully remember, but they lived out in Fishtown, and so we were we went and hung out with them and checked out the Fillmore, and then went and did other stuff. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Do, do they have a parking lot? I can't remember. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was one thing I wasn't sure about. Is I and I haven't looked yet. Is it's not like I can just take the train the way I would for every other venue in Philadelphia. True. So, that's good. At least they have parking, and we don't have to, like, find, like, random 
hopefully safe street parking. Yeah, there's a lot, like, right behind the building. Okay, that's not so uh, bad, then. Because when I saw Anti-Flag, they were playing the the foundry, the, like, upstairs room. Yeah, like the, the, the equivalent of that bar next door to uh, Electric Factory. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I can't remember the name of that bar anymore. I think they changed it when they changed the Electric Factory. Probably. Whiskey Dicks? Is that what it used to be called? Sound right? Oh, I think so. That, that's definitely the name of a bar that existed in Philly. <laughs> I know it's not North Star. That's a totally different bar. Yeah, yeah that's, that's go- also gone. <laughs> that's where Anthony got spit on by uh, My Chemical Romance. <laughs> and that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, we actually man. went to a show at North Star. Um, I mean, this is again like five, six, seven years ago. Uh, one of the, um, it was a really good show. It was right before a uh, Magfest as well, which was pretty. Yeah, I think the last time I, I actually, and actually, I didn't realize the North Star was gone. I think the last time I was there was when um Anthony and his cousin and Nick were in, yeah. like played there. Yeah, and that's that, a lot. That, that was yeah, that was like 2014, 2015. Yeah, that's the show I was talking about too. Okay. Oh, that's right. You were there. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I I, yeah. I loved uh, Anthony's cousin's band, uh, Jay Skull and Spades. Yeah, they uh, were good. They, they still play and stuff. I don't know if he's really written new music or whatever. Uh, I mean, I haven't been and gone to any of their shows in forever, mostly because of the pandemic, and I'm not really comfortable at bars still right now, but I, I wouldn't mind going and seeing them again when they start playing more shows and things are better. Biden says COVID's over, so, I mean, that's good. Well, yeah, I mean, they have to wrap up COVID for World War Three. You can't have... Yeah. You can't yeah. have two global devastations going at the same time. You're right. So, uh, I mean, it's we the had same... World War One and the Spanish flu. They they didn't. They only overlapped a little bit. And that's th- World War Three and COVID are only overlapping a little bit. So because like, wasn't the Spanish flu actually slightly after? It was like 1918 and one. Come on, be- Wikipedia. I'm looking for just exact dates. Okay. Uh, I definitely, for, in my head, World War One wrapped up in 1917, not 1918. So there was, yeah, there was a little yeah. overlap there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but still, yay, pandemic's over. Everybody, go start licking doorknobs again. It's safe uh, again. Yeah, I never that's, stopped. That's what, <laughs> no wonder you keep giving people COVID. Yeah, but right? I still never had it that we know of. That we know of, sure. Uh, anyway, Rich, what's on the agenda tonight? Uh, on the agenda. Um, Druton and Cobb decided to play some board games without inviting anybody else. Um, there were other people there. You were also were totally invited. I don't recall being invited. But <laughs> I'm gonna whatever. go back. I'm gonna screenshot the message where you uh, were invited, but we're busy with other shit that day. Then, uh, Cobb played the Kirby uh, demo. I never got around to it. I played Aperture uh, Desk Job. Um, and then our book club Rush. And then if uh, there's time, we might talk about the werewolf within. Oh, damn, Rich. You did say, fuck you guys. I don't want to play games with you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, literally, those were your exact words were, fuck you all. I don't want to play games with you. Oh, I thought you said Friday, not Saturday. Somebody said it was on Friday that the games are played, not Saturday. No, we played Saturday. Oh, oh d- yeah. Drew, did you say Friday earlier when you mentioned games? No, no, you said Saturday, too. Yeah, I don't know, Rich. You- I don't know. I, just, either either way, either mind. way, either way. Friday we were recording Brazil, so I I would have been busy either way. I just wanted to give you guys shit, okay? You always give me shit for not inviting <laughs> you to things that aren't under my control. So I want to give you shit for me not remembering that you invited me to something, but not really <laughs> invited me to something. All you just asked me if I was busy, and that's it. 
See, it works much better, though, when it's completely out of your control and we give you a hard time. Now you just look like the asshole for forgetting that you were invited. You know what? It kind of was out of my control because it was a family party that I didn't plan that I had to go to. Yeah, but you don't like your family. Which, I mean, most of my family's good. There's just two aunts that I don't like, and I, uh, I, I... I had to fight myself so hard to not cause issues and wear my Kakashi shirt that says, be a good ninja and wear a mask. I had to fight so hard to not wear that. I really wanted to wear that, but I decided not to because it was the family quote Christmas party. So we had to be happy and and fun. And see, you would have been safer and healthier coming to play board games because everyone there was vaccinated. Everyone at this party was vaccinated. At least they should be. (laughs) Fucking one of them better be. She just got over cancer. She better I doubt be it. vaccinated. I doubt um, it. But yeah, it was it was a it was a good in time. We did the white elephant, and oh, my my uncle my uncle pulled a Michael Scott um, with the with it, going way overboard on the the price for stuff. Yes and no. Um, so the it was a twenty dollar limit, and uh, my uncle wanted he's he's a troll. He wanted to play some jokes, and so he put in a um a picture frame. It's like, a, it has like, it's a little like novelty picture frame with cats in it. The picture has no standing anything at all, but he put in this picture frame and, and put it in and it was supposed to be $20. And so my other uncle, his brother pulls it, pulls it out and is just immediately upset. He's like, this isn't worth $20, blah, 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 this and that. Um, and like a little bit of a hubbub and my uncle and his wife are trying to get me or my brother to steal that from my other uncle because he's not happy with it. And we're like, why would we steal that? It's stupid. Uh, turns out my uncle decided to put a hundred bucks in there. And so it was like, uh, the whole, that's the whole joke of like, oh, you get the shitty thing, but you also get a hundred bucks. So they wanted like me or my brother or my sister to get the hundred dollars and not my uncle, his brother to get the hundred dollars. But then eventually we found out that there was a hundred bucks in there, and then that became the hot item to steal every round. Which I'm surprised people didn't steal that every round afterwards. It's, I assume somebody ended up with it at the end. Yeah, my uh, my brother ended it up, ended with it at the end. I believe. I think he I stole mean, that. He's not going to use it on anything good. He's got kids. Uh, no, I mean, actually, might, I take that back. It's Eric. Might, he will totally use my, it on something selfish. Yeah, my my aunt <laughs> my aunt was like, I really wanted you to steal that like we wanted you to get the money and i was like if if it hadn't already been stolen on the last round i would have stolen it because our rules are if it gets stolen in that round you can't steal it again until the next round so like once it comes the last round everyone's stealing everything the first person to steal the big hot uh book uh hot topic item there they got it they win with it otherwise it would just go forever and ever but yeah it was good but uh, let's go talk about these board games that you guys didn't invite me to. What an asshole. Um, right? So, Drew, I don't remember the names of any of them, so I'm going to leave that up to you since they were all your games. Uh, yes, okay. So first we played a game called Soro, T-S-U-R-O. Um, it's a real simple game. Everyone has a little token. You start at a notch on anywhere on the outside of the board, and then you get three tiles that you put down and they have paths and you follow whatever path is in front of you. And the objective of the game is to be the last one on the board. And you are knocked off the board either by taking a path that takes you back off the edge or by running into somebody else. And it gets crazy. It got super hectic with six people playing uh, up to eight people can play. 
and I can't imagine how fast shit goes wild in an eight-player game of that. Yeah, because, I mean, I feel like when we played just, when it was you, me, Sarah, and Erica, um, that one actually lasted a little while, maybe like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And then when we did the one with the four of us plus uh, the Appletons, that one was like 10 minutes, if that. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, after the second turn, or by the second turn, people were already on or at tiles where they would wind up crossing paths with someone. Whereas when the only the four of us played, it took, like, three or four rounds, at least, for people to wind up in the same spot as someone else. Yeah, and it was very, um... It was very hectic with all those people because it was one of it became much quicker where you were, like you said, not only meeting people, but hitting uh, tiles that other people had laid and just getting sent places (laughs) like what Sean got sent like 70 percent of the board on the one turn when he didn't even put down a piece. Yeah. And like Rich, like you'd actually probably really enjoy this game. I think. I think I played a large version of it at PAX once. Um, I, I remember them having like a human-sized version of it huh. at PAX, uh, uh, probably the second year. And then there's another game that's very similar to that called Indigo, which is it's like gems instead of just like the dragon aspect of it. Um, that that like has the same deal. You you have to create the paths and you have to move your gem along the path to get to a certain spot. I can't remember what the spot is, but I've I've heard about games like these, and like I said, I really think I played a a, a human sized version of Sora. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's like shoots and ladders, but just shoots, and you're building <laughs> the shoots as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I, I had seen that played on uh, No Rules Bard's YouTube channel, and was like, oh, I need this, and bought it literally the day before on Amazon because it was like it can be here today. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, and then next we played a game called Wavelength, which, so this is a team game and we split up into the boys versus the girls because I felt that was the even, the funnest way to split it up. Um, and you are given, uh, a dial and you spin it and there will be a wedge that will have two points, three points, and four points and getting smaller as it goes from two to three to four, uh, and then you have a card that will have two diametrically opposed things, like proof that God exists and proof that God doesn't exist, or whatever. And then based on wherever the wedge wound up on the dial, you one person gives a clue to their teammates to try to get them to guess where on the dial the, f- the points are. And once you give your clue, you can't say anything else. They have to talk it out. They lock in where on the dial they think it's going to be and then the other team gets to guess if it's to the left or to the right of where the original team guessed and you played 10 points and that's that game and yeah that that one was neat um it was very confusing for the first uh round though because like describing how to play yeah. doesn't really do it justice mm-hmm. like it wasn't until we actually did that first round where we kind of like got to see it that it actually clicked how it was supposed to go and then it was actually super easy and it it was it was funny because then it was all about like all right well who is the person giving the like example Mm -hmm. like because like like with with that like you the first one you pulled for the very first round was probably the worst possible one to pull Uh, probably proof god exists proof doesn't 
God doesn't exist. And then you being like the Bible. <laughs> and it's like, well, fuck, that's either going to be a far one side or far the other and it ended up being more in the middle. But then I feel like every other round we did, the items were just a little more black and white where like we could tell if somebody was falling in the gray area or if they were on either far end. It then also helped that the people wound up getting the wedge to be super far to one end or the other. Every time. And it's yeah. random. <laughs> and just every time it was rolled that way. Wait, so, so I'm sorry. Uh, I was, I was looking up that picture when you started talking about it. So you, you guys have to take a position on these topics and argue for or against these topics? No, 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 no. no, no. So uh, you get, have the dial and it randomly, as you spin it, you, you're not seeing where it winds up or where it is as you're spinning. So you don't pick where on the spectrum mm-hmm. you want your clue to have to be. But then you have to give a clue that is somewhere that you think fits where the wedge is on that spectrum. And like you give your clue and that's all the clue giver can say. Then the teammates have to talk it out amongst themselves. And then the other team also can be discussing among themselves. But yeah, it, uh, you give a clue based randomly where on the spectrum the wedge wound up. It's interesting. Yes. So, like, um, when when it was my turn to, like, give the clue, the card I picked was, like, good and evil, I believe. And I spun the dial, and the wedge of points was on the far left-hand side. Like, like almost to the point where it was no longer visible for good. So, my one-word example was Gandhi. And, you know, like... Or, I don't even think it was no, good. I think it was no, peaceful or warlike. warlike. Yes, that's what um, it was, peaceful and warlike. So, like, I said Gandhi, and, like, had it been the other side, I joked, I'm like, if it was the other side, I would have said Putin. Um, and, yeah, like, at, like Sean and Drew were just like, all right, so it's all the way to the left. And it was pretty much all the way to the left. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, a there's a little bit of wiggle room, be- and, uh, like, Drew was saying this, too, like, because you have, like, the different point values, you want to land as close to the four point as possible, but if, um, if the other team guesses in the, if you don't land on the four, like, say you land on three... Um, and the other team guesses that the four is to the left of where you pick, they get a point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If they don't guess that, then they don't. So you, you know, like there's that sort of, uh, that catch to it where you have to be, you have to be careful with your, your example. Otherwise, like your team may just like go too far one way mm-hmm. and it just makes it hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if the thing winds up right in the middle or like, just to the middle of or to the left or just to the right of middle you get these spots where it's like well what the fuck is like kind of the middle ground of these things Mm -hmm. like what would have been the middle ground of peaceful and warlike like i don't know (laughs) yeah drew what was this one called again wavelength i can honestly say i probably would not have liked that it's fun like as the because the things can be so random, and then the clue someone gives can be so random, that it's a fun, goofy, like, word association. Yeah, it's, de- it's a good game if you are if you don't want something that's, like, rule-heavy. Yeah. Where just everyone is kind of playing at the same time. Like, it's like a good, it's like, a good, like starter game. Like, it, you know, if you're having a game night, and, like, not everyone's there yet, like... That and and sorrow to sorrow, however you would say it, like they're both good like 
start of the night games because they don't take long to play. Um, like I want to say, I want to say wavelength, maybe twenty minutes, give or take, to play. Yeah. Because um, uh, I, I think we went. Did everyone wound up giving a clue before anyone got to ten points? Right. Uh yeah. I want to say we we went around and then like maybe two more. Yeah, sounds about um, right. And yeah, you know, we could have kept playing, but we ended up switching to like the next game after that. Um, also, food had gotten there by that point too, so it was like right, right. I knew we stopped for another reason too. Yeah, but yeah, that was a good one. Uh, and then last we played a game called Snake Oil, which I uh, I, I enjoy Snake Oil. I yeah, like Snake Oil is a lot of fun. It is a card game, basic, you know, like Cards Against Humanity, apples to apples type gameplay where there's a judge except in this they will have a a role that you are then taking two of your cards from your hand to make an item to sell to that person mm-hmm. so like the very first round erica was the first person and her job was a grave robber and i won with a pony wig because i sold the shit out of this pony wig that she needed to go rob her graves yeah I, that that one was definitely a fun one to play through too just because you kind of got to be goofy and um, kind of banter back and forth with everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I think me, you, and Sean definitely got went the heaviest on the the sales pitches of the things. Yeah, I mean, my, my favorite one was convincing Sean, who was an executioner, that he needed a music sword. It was it was a sword that would play music, and I only won by at the, the at the very end. I'm just like, but picture this: you're getting ready to chop off the person's head. You turn on your music sword. And it's just blasting celebration. <laughs> I, mean, I think I think that was down to me and you, really, with our pitches, because I had the the uh, hood wings. Yeah. So I was selling it as a you know, hey, it's an executioner hood, but it has wings, so you can just fly away after, and don't worry about traffic or anything like that. You can just fly wherever with your hood wings. Yeah, that was nice. that 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 game was fun. I, we have a similar game called Colt where. It's same idea. Like you're basically you're using a deck of cards to then like form a cult and trying to pitch everybody else at the table that they need to join your cult. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, they were they were th- they were like again like that's a good like either Snake Oil is like a good start of the night or like end of the night game. Yeah, yeah, because Snake Oil like you could just keep playing forever. Like <laughs> the in the rules there is a technical end, but. It's one of those games like Cards Against Humanity or whatever that, yeah, sure, the rules say there's an ending, but there are so many cards, why would we just stop at this arbitrary point? Because, you know, Cards Against Humanity kind of sucks, so you should probably just stop. Uh, Eh, I enjoy Cards Against Humanity sometimes. It depends on who you're playing with. I I can't play that game with more than maybe five people, and even at that, it's really only like 20 minutes, and then I'm done. you're You're just boring. I played that game so much that I don't find it funny anymore at all. None of it. And on top of that, that was the game that I almost fought John Scott over and just never wanted to play that game ever again afterwards. Again, it just sounds like you're not fun. No, not stop, at all. Stop being boring. I'm not boring. I don't Definitely. know, man. You, you you decided to go to a family gathering instead of coming and play games with your friends. I didn't know I was being offered to play games. You just asked what I was doing on Saturday. That's all. You were busy, and I was like, I'm not going to waste the rest of my time and being like, uh. You know, I would have come over instead of playing D&D, because 
Uh, if anybody in my D&D group listens to this, I'm sorry, but that D&D session was kind of lame and, and frustrating, so I would much rather have come over and played board games. Is that your weekly one? Yeah. You seem to I, not have a good time with that one. I'm gonna be no, honest. I have I have a good time with it, but this time, um, uh, the TLDR version of my issues with this session was that my scene got stolen by another character. Um, and, and to, to emphasize a little bit more, um, my main villain of my backstory shows up, but also happened to be somebody else, a, a, a side character in somebody else's backstory. And that person took over the entire scene when it's the main villain of my backstory. You guys know I'm playing Tony Stark in this campaign. It was fucking Obadiah Stane, but he kills my fucking dad and kidnaps me. My big bad villain shows up and this other guy just steals my entire fucking scene for the entire night. And I'm just like, I guess I really don't get to interact with this big bad. Like, I don't get to interact with the person who caused me all of my problems in my life. And it just, it was absolutely frustrating. It also ended up being until 3.30 in the morning, which, oh, yeah. So it was just, if anybody here who listens to that, I've been meaning to reach out to the DM and let him know how I felt about it, but... He's in army training right now, so I don't really know how much I could talk to him. Oh, is like, are you kind of, like guys are like on pause for a little while now? Yeah, we we need to take a, a month break. So he was trying to get us to a good stopping point, and which ended up causing the game to go further because my scene got stolen from somebody else. Man, you're so fucking set, like just <laughs> my scene got stolen. Jeez, man, <laughs> it's all about improv. You should have rolled with it. When when this dude takes over and gets more angry at this guy for waking him up after being in Subber for a thousand years, rather than just letting me have my moment with my big bad character who kills my fucking dad, like, you kind of got to, like, there's a, there's, there's a give and take, and he just took way too much. I tried to jump in, I tried to talk to this guy, there was one point where the enemy ran off, and I chased after him, and this other player did everything they could to also chase after this guy. And it's like, I need my moment with this character. I need to figure out what's going on so that we can make a decision, so that we can end the session, because I knew what the DM was trying to do, but no one wanted to, like, play it out that way. Yeah, no, like, I, like, yeah. I can understand. And I, you have complained about this one before. Uh, different, different DMs. Different DMs. Because we, this, not this DM. I've never complained about this DM. No, I think about, you just complain about the group, like, people in it. Yeah, yeah, but it was from different games. It was the, how two different DMs did the game and were doing their games. I've never complained about this DM or this specific game, but yes, there have been complaints about this group that have been known to the group and to the DMs. Okay, that's... Yeah. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Uh, but Drew, anything else you want to say about the board games? Uh, no, that's it, but definitely need to do more board game nights, because we have even more. Like, I didn't break- like, the other one I wanted to play, but, you know, by the time we got done playing Snake Oil, it was late and people were getting tired anyway, was this one called Deception, uh, Murder in Hong Kong, and it's kind of like- kind of like Clue in a way, but it's way too weird to describe. <laughs> okay. But- the person, a person has been killed, and their ghost is giving clues. And one person is the murderer, and everyone else is trying to figure out who is the murderer based on the like 
a handful of like vague clues that tie to things that some people have on their like character. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah, that does actually sound like it could be cool. All right. Well, I uh, played the Kirby and the Forgotten Lands demo. How's Kirby? He is unsettling. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the mouthful mode, super unsettling. Cool, <laughs> but fucking weird. The fact that like when, when you become the car, his feet just dangle in the back, so yeah, unsettling. A little also, bit. also, why in the world is it that when Kirby just wraps his whole mouth ab- around something, he becomes like a part of it? Like that's weird. It doesn't, it, it makes no logical sense for how Kirby's powers have historically worked. And apparently it is, that power is based completely on him in this forgotten lands. Like, so, but anyway, the demo, demo's three levels. It's like the first three levels, it seems. Um, it actually looks really nice. Like, it's a very pretty game. Definitely a Switch game. Um, little bit of, like, clipping in some of the animations. Um, some of it looks like a little bit of artifacting on water, just like in, in, um, um, Arceus, but it goes away. It actually, like, sorted itself out pretty quickly. Um, and, like, the opening, like, cinematic was actually really, really good looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically, like, Kirby's being Kirby in, like, Dreamland or wherever the fuck it is he lives normally. And he's riding one of his stars and, like, literally gets pulled into, like, a portal and gets pulled into a different land. Um, and then he starts, like, saving people. It <laughs> seems to be the setup for the story. Um, and yeah, you're, you're, it's a, it is not open the way, like, I think a lot of us thought it might be based on the initial trailers. It is still very confined. Like, you have a very linear, linear path to go on. Um, there's invisible walls everywhere. Um, you can't even actually fly very high. So, like, you know how, like, Kirby j- can just fly whenever he wants? Um, mm-hmm. you are limited to maybe, like, a jump and a half height wise off of whatever level you are on. So, I was even finding that if I came up to a spot where, like, there was a ledge above me that, like, I could go around and, like, climb up to, I could not just necessarily fly up there. I had to go and actually, like, jump to the platforms to get up there correctly. And then once once up on that platform, I could then fly, like, another, like I said, like, jump and a half's height, give or take. Mm-hmm. Which, like, it is enough to, you know, be on top, be, like, over enemies, or, like, avoid things, to, um, if you accidentally, like, fall off of the the world to, like, quickly, like, flutter yourself back up, that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, it plays just like a Kirby game, though. Um, it does have some, like, dodge mechanics and stuff like that, too. So, like, when enemies are, like, throwing stuff at you, you can do, like, backflips and slides and everything. Um, which, like, Kirby always had, like, the, like, slide tackle sort of thing, but because they were always 2D games, it was really just back and forth. Um, now you can kind of just, like, slide all over the place, you do little flips and, and dodges and stuff. Um, it, you don't have to, um, swallow enemies to get their power. If you suck up an enemy that offers a power, you just automatically assume the power. Which is, like, good and bad, because, like, sometimes you don't necessarily even want to go through the hassle of having a power. You're just sucking them up to fucking get rid of them. Man, unless it's the sword power, like, you, you, yeah, you don't always want a power. Yeah, like there, um, there are some of the the bomb throwing guys, and like mm-hmm. frankly, the bomb's kind of just useless. Like it's not it's not a good one to to run around with because it's so specific. Um, that I just wasn't swallowing those guys at all because why bother? <laughs> and 
and you can just drop the powers. Like, I think you hold, like, Y or something like that, and you, it's like a three-second hold, and then it, it drops it. Um, bosses are bosses. Uh, they do, just like in, like, the old Kirby games, if you have a power, you can use your power to just, like, beat away on them. If you don't have a power, they'll do moves that kick up stars that you can, um, suck in and then throw back at them. Um, trying to think anything else that really stood out about it. Uh, the, like I said, the mouthful mode, super weird. Um, throughout the demo, you are a car, a vending machine. And the, so the car dr- obviously drives. And if you like hold B, you do like a charge basically. So you can like charge through walls and shit like that. Um, the vending machine shoots cans of soda. So you can actually shoot cans at enemies. You can use it to, um, bombard like cracked walls to knock it down. If you shoot cans of soda and they don't hit anything, you can actually run over to them and pick them back up real quick because you do have a finite amount of them. So I started with 99 of them, and a few times I just shot them and then just ran over and picked them right back up, and it, it goes right back into your your quantity of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was also a uh, traffic cone a couple of times. Traffic cone was definitely the most useful of them. Uh, not great for movement, but it has like a uh, basically a ground pound. So you jump into the air, hit the button, and then you slam down with, like, the pointed side of the cone. Okay. And you can use that to break um, cracked ground, and it'll usually show, um, like, items and hidden things to collect, like the coins and whatnot. And uh, there are a couple enemies that, uh, they're basically, like, big, like, turtles or, like, lizard things that are um, concrete. One of them's basically just a fucking building. He's, like, a turtle that just used a building as its shell. And in order to fight him, you literally, like, make your way around, like, obstacles up until the top so that you're above him. And then you just jump off a platform and pound his back once. And it breaks everything off and, and he's done. Um, the levels are very much, like, collect-a-thon-y. Um, but not, not to an obnoxious level, at least early on. They give you a bunch of checklist stuff at the beginning of things that you can do, like, taking out an enemy a certain way, finding, like, five specific items, collecting... S- certain things um freeing um hidden allies not not even allies but the creatures that are being abducted they are usually some of them hidden in a level and you if you find them like it'll tell you like hey there's four of us like find all four of us and that becomes like a checkpoint thing to click off um it does offer two different difficulty settings when you start each level which is nice because if you're playing it and like for us it doesn't make a difference but like say for like eric if he were playing this with with the kids, he can put it on the very easy mode. There's only two options. It's super easy or normal. Um, he could put it on the super easy mode and let like the girls play through it, and they'd probably be totally fine and not, excuse me, have any trouble. You 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 underestimate Gwen. Oh, that she does play games a little bit, doesn't she? Yeah. Oh, she plays games a lot. Yeah. She then, loves Mario Odyssey. So maybe 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 Tabitha then. Like she's young enough that maybe doesn't have like the full motor skills yet. Hmm. Um, and then, like, the normal mode is, it's, it's normal mode, it's not, the wording for both of them makes it seem like the one mode is for, like, kids, and it's, like, no challenge at all, and the other mode has a challenge to it. Um, at least in the three levels I played, there's zero challenge, but it's at least not just invincible, like, just run through it and there's nothing to worry about, but it's a Kirby game, so, like, those games historically have not been hard in any sense of the word, like, there's no precise platforming, per se, the way there would be in, like, a Mario game. Um, combat's generally pretty easy. Even bosses, you know, they have very rudimentary um, attack cycles. So as long as you just pay attention to that, 
nine times out of ten, you can actually just fly around the the boss area until you see all their attacks and then start attacking them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it it was still fun. Like Kirby Kirby games have that um that niche of they're fun because they are simple. Um, but I wouldn't go to this if you're looking for something that actually has any sort of like complexity to it. Yeah. So, Again, it was only the first three levels. Maybe it does get more challenging past that. Like the first three levels are almost like a tutorial. I feel and not really sure how big the game is or like what might change in it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's if it's gonna stick with the normal Kirby mold, there's going to be hidden levels, hidden areas, and things like that all over the place. That uh, it's just it'll be it's it's. Probably not going to be like a, an extremely difficult game. It, I feel like it'll be on the level of of Mario Odyssey, where like it could be hard if you want to do everything in every level or every world or whatever. It might be, it might take you some time, but it's more a game to have fun and less a game to like get serious and like pro gamer, uh, be a pro gamer about it and whatnot. If you get what I'm saying, yeah, I th- I think it might um fall a little closer to like some of the more recent like Yoshi games, like the the Yarn Yoshi and Crafted Yoshi games. Yeah. Where, you know, every once in a while you might find like a level that has like a little bit of a challenge and it's more just like you have to just figure out how to do it more than it's like hard. Versus mm-hmm. like Mar- like Mario games have like a a weirdness where they are ninety percent easy, but there's like one or two levels that are just like, well what the fuck are you- is this doing in this game? Yeah. Uh, like there there's normally in the last twenty years of Mario there's like at least one or two levels that are like hardcore platforming. Um, like uh, Sunshine always had those levels, um, like the 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 secret levels that were like the crazy platforming where you lost flood. Um, even Odyssey had a, had a, some of them. Uh, Odyssey, if I remember correctly, a lot of those were post game, like when you were going to just kind of like yeah. find all the secrets. But they like they're still yeah. there and they're still very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one definitely seems like it's going to err closer to just. The simplicity of the Yoshi games, and, like, yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, hey, at least it, it's a cool 3D Kirby game, and I'm pretty sure we've never had a 3D Kirby game. Um, I think there was a 3D Kirby game on the 64. I, I think that was actually still side-scrolling, wasn't it? I, I, uh, I'm unsure. Can't really say 100%. I just, for some reason, something's clicking in me that there was a... There, there was a Kirby 64. I'm trying to find... Oh, no, yeah. It looks like it was actually like 3D, 3D, like very, um, uh, N64 3D, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards. I definitely thought that game was a, uh, still like a 2D platformer. No, yeah. It's, it was, it was a 3D game. Well, this one at least looks much better. Like, yeah. Leaps and I mean, bounds. obviously, it's not on, <laughs> it's not on N64. That's, yeah. No, that's valid. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. Um, the, the it's a demo right now. The game comes out on twenty fifth. Like, it can't hurt to download and try the demo if you have any interest mm-hmm. in Kirby. Yeah, it's it's definitely a game I want to get. Um, probably not going to get it for a while because I've gotten and started so many other games. And with uh Guardians being on Game Pass, I want to do that after I get through because I still have to beat Pokemon and I still have to beat Elden Ring and I still have to play and beat everything else I'm working on. So. It's going to be a while before I get Kirby, but I want to get it. Also, Yoshi's Crafted World is on sale for like 40 bucks right now for March 10th. And I might get that. So I don't know if I'm going to get... I'm, I'm definitely not getting Kirby for a while. Yeah, I would definitely say try the demo for Kirby first, if, if you can. Because um, I, don't, I don't think that game is necessarily like a $60 game for you. 
Um, I think it may be maybe like a, a thirty or forty dollar game, probably. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's enough there that you're going. Because didn't didn't you not really love like when you tried like the older Kirby game? Um, I didn't mind the older Kirby games. It was uh, which one was it that I didn't like? I believe it was the um uh the 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 Super Nintendo one of the Super Nintendo Kirby's on the Switch that I didn't like. Yeah, because like I have I have a lot of nostalgia for Kirby. I don't think you do, and I just even I'm having a tough time looking at this game and being like, yeah, I want to spend sixty bucks on a game that is probably going to be insanely easy. Mm-hmm. Um, e- just because like it, it's not like Kirby games are known for their their narrative. So like if it was super easy and had like a compelling narrative, it would be different. But it's just going to be a very easy platformer, and I think there are be- there are games that are more worth your sixty dollars. Yeah, there's there's definitely so many more games out there right now that I want. Like Ghostwire Tokyo comes out in like two weeks too. Yeah, and Epic just released like a free prologue to that right now. The Epic Game Store, or probably not right now, but I just got a notification for it that I just downloaded. It's yeah, it's a um, it's a visual novel prologue. Yeah. It's on everything. Um, huh. yeah, it um, it because that's a Bethesda game, so I think it's only going to be PC and um, PlayStation right now. Because it was one of the Ghostwire Tokyo was one of those games that was still part of the Sony exclusivity deal that like kind of like Deathloop um, that was in place before Microsoft bought Bethesda. Mm-hmm. But I would say the same thing with with Yoshi's Crafted World. It's super super easy. Not sure if it's necessarily worth um, forty, um, just because like it might be too easy to the point where you just you get bored and turn it off very quickly. Yeah. And it was, um, I was not a fan of Kirby Dreamland 3 just because of how it looked. I just, visually, I thought it was unappealing, and so I could not force myself to play it. That's, but that's Kirby, fair. Kirby 1 and 2 on the, um, or whichever, whatever the Kirbys were on the NES. Kirby's Adventure was on NES, and then I think yeah. the next one was actually a Super Nintendo game. Um, I, I have a lot of nostalgia for Kirby's Adventure. That was the first one I played. Mm-hmm. Which... But, yeah, Kirby Superstar, I don't even think is a mainstay Kirby there, so. Yeah, Kirby games are weird just with, like, they didn't necessarily stick to, the, to like, a consistent naming convention for them, per se. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Well, it was, like, Kirby's Dreamland, uh, the first two were on Game Boy. So it yeah. wasn't until three on the SNES. And it was, um, what was the Kirby on the NES? Um, Switch... Kirby on the NES was Kirby's Adventure. Yeah. Um, that one was a different game. Like, a different storyline and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It was... it's it, Kirby, Kirby's weird, man. Yeah, Kirby's I like weird, him. but I love it. But, uh, Rich, how about uh, this Aperture game? Uh, so, it is called Aperture Desk Job. And uh, when I first heard about it and saw, like, screen caps and stuff for it, I was like, oh, this is going to be, like, m- maybe, hopefully, like, um, uh, what was, uh, Office Simulator, Office Job Simulator, whatever it was, that, that, um, excuse me, that, uh, VR game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It's, it's like only a half hour long, it's very short, and for the most part, it is a tech demo for the, um, the, the Steam, what's the, what's the handheld one, the Steam Box? Steam Deck. The Steam Deck. That's it. Man, you really can't keep track of this stuff, can you? I don't care about it. Like, 
Earlier you were calling I, it the Steam Link, now it's the Steam Box. <laughs> it's I, I don't care about it. Like if if I didn't get my PC, I would have wanted one. But because I got my PC, I don't give two shits about it. Um, oh no, man, you can play all those PC games on the go. Plus yeah, all of them. Not, yeah, not all of them. Plus, like you know how uncomfortable it is to play Switch games on the go. It's going to be just as uncomfortable to play the PC games on the go. I doubt that thing can play Elden Ring. I really doubt it. You'd have to try to find out. And I'm not going to try, because fuck it. Um, but, so they released this Aperture desk job, which is just a half-hour tops little stupid thing, uh, where it's it's a tech demo for the, 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 the Steam Deck. It, it shows you how the controls work. It shows you, um... Like, it has the gyroscopic motion sensor, and and overall, it's not really like a game, but it's like, sort of a game. It's weird. Um, but it's, it's, it takes place in Aperture Labs, um, before the fall of Aperture Labs, and, uh, you're basically, you get hired to be a, um, a, a product tester, and the first, like, few minutes, you're just testing Aperture Toilets. And eventually you accidentally somehow create a turret toilet where then the robot who's supervising is like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And creates this toilet over the course of a few months. And it does time jumps. And so as you, they were bringing you down to like your quote office, it's showing you different levels of the, uh, the lab. And as it's going between the floors, it shows at one point some, uh, praying mantis. That, uh, then there's a light bulb, and as it does a time jump of like, uh, three months, three to six months, I can't remember what it was, um, to show you the, um, the new toilet that this robot was making, it like elevates you up out of your quote office, and it shows the, the praying manti plugging in power, and like, that's really all I was there for was to watch the praying mantis and how they, like, create a society between the floors of Aperture Labs, and eventually get, like, uh, port, uh, not portal, um, uh, force field technology in their little between floor society. It was ridiculous. It was just silly, um, portal humor with Cave Johnson, J.K. Simmons, being ridiculous. And, uh, at the end, it, it, you, uh, you find out what happened to Cave Johnson, and then you kind of stop him or something, and then that's it. That, like, there's nothing really to it, but it was silly. It's that silly humor that, um, even if you don't have the, the, the Steam Deck, you can still play it all fine. You just don't have the gyroscopic motion. You don't have the four buttons at the bottom of the, uh, uh, controller. So it just, it adjusts your controls for you. Um, and that's, yeah, that's really all it was. And it was silly. I, I, I'm not gonna say go out and play it, but like, it, it's more than what I was expecting, but it w- also wasn't what I was expecting. Because I thought it was just going to be something stupid that you play for a little bit and put down and then pick up and play for a little bit. Like that, uh, it's it's like Office Job Simulator or something, right, Drew? I forget what it's exactly called, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's like an Office Job Simulator, there's a Vacation Simulator. Um, they play a bunch of, they make the, a bunch of those VR games. And like, I was expecting mm-hmm. something like that, but it wasn't. It was different, and it was very portal humor esque, which was good. Yeah, I don't. So here's a question: um, not so much about this one, but just in general. 
I've only ever played the Portal games. Ne- n- like, I've, like, tried the Half-Lifes a couple times, but never really made any real progress. Like, I kind of booted them up and then stopped almost immediately. Uh-huh. Um, when does Aperture fall? Is that, like, the beginning of Half-Life? Aperture, Aperture was never in Half-Life. They make... There might be some slight references to it occasionally, but Aperture has never been a part of the full lore of Half-Life. That is Black Mesa. Aperture, but they reference they reference Black Mesa in the first Portal song, and they have combined the universes, and I believe at minimum in Half-Life Alex for sure, if not in Half-Life 2, you will occasionally, you can occasionally find some Aperture Labs, like boxes or something like that. But there's no direct connection between the two, except I think in Portal 1, they, like, they legitimately do, maybe in Portal 2, they legitimately mention Ap- uh, Black Mesa as well. But it's never, like, a timeline thing to say when, where anything happens. Okay. Alright, well, that's good to know, then. Okay, real quick, looking at the wiki, uh, yeah, Black Mesa and Aperture are entirely separate things. Like, they both exist in the universe you know, uh, in Half-Life and Portal. Like, they are both there, but they were separate contractors working for the Department of Defense. Mm-hmm. So, like, Aperture is one thing, Black Mesa, which is the thing with Half-Life, entirely separate. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that is helpful to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess, uh, if that's all for that one... Yeah, there really to... wasn't really much to talk about with that one. Yeah, uh, Sarah played it and was disappointed that it just, like, ends. Apparently, yeah, well, I mean, there's a there's a little story thing, and then the story's over. It's it, like, I mean, I don't know what she was expecting, like a full on like if she was expecting a full on game and whatever, then like that's more of a I like a shame on her type of thing because this was for not like fully understanding what she was getting into or what she was downloading because it was a hundred percent just a demo for the Steam Deck is really all it's supposed to be. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I guess, are you guys ready for book club, though? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, Drew, you picked this one. Go yeah. Uh, so I picked Rush. It is a movie based on uh, some actual real-world Formula One racers and their rivalry in the sev- 70s, right? Yeah. This is what 70s. it was? Uh, yeah. Mid-70s. Like Nicky Lauda and... Yeah. Uh, I guess 74, 75, 76. Kind of the whole run of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it definitely, it, it flashes a little bit, I think, I want to say it might even go a little earlier, 70, I want to say is when yeah. it flashed back to first. Okay, yeah, 70 is when it first starts, and then the main chunk is like the 75 and 76 season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah uh, I I thought it was way more entertaining movie than the last bunch of movies we've watched. Like, you can't tell me it was more fun than Jingle All the Way 2. I absolutely can. Bullshit. No. Um, I mean, not saying that this is a bad movie, but I got more enjoyment out of watching Jingle All the Way 2 than I did out of watching this one. Not Again, saying it's a bad movie, but there were quite a few points that really didn't need to be in it, and I was kind of bored from time to time. Whereas Jingle All the Way might have been bad, but it was a ridiculous bad that made me just laugh at how stupid it was. You also, like, you don't really like, not that you dislike, but you're not really like a drama 
person, are you? No, like, I, I could get into drama, but, like, I'm not normally someone to sit down and watch drama stuff, but... Especially it, a based on a true story drama. It, for me, it was the, the my problem with it, and what, like, bored me... Uh, was the fact that because it was a period piece, they had to acknowledge that, and, and show off that, oh, it's the 70s, so obviously this guy's doing drugs and having sex all over the place, and this and that, and I'm just like, I don't need these, although maybe two to five minute montage segments, I don't need these segments. I don't need these segments of, like, I want to watch, I, I came into this to watch a racing movie about a rivalry, and, like, there were some parts of it that I just thought didn't need to be in there. It was a two-hour movie that probably could have been brought down to about an hour and a half, because uh, it just, it felt a little bit long to me. I th- so those scenes, though, like, in my opinion, like, they were they were important to defining what each of their characters were like, because you had Thor who was very, like, I'm going to party, I'm going to drink, I'm going to do drugs, I'm going to sleep with women. Um, and he was very much like the rock star uh, uh-huh. F1 driver. And then you had Baron Zemo, who was very <laughs> much just the, no, I'm just here to drive, I want to be the best, I am the best. Even when he was with a pretty girl, he didn't really give a fuck. It was just like, your car is a piece of shit. Everything about your car is wrong. And he was just very kind of blunt about it. And it wasn't until he kind of got egged on a little bit that, like, he seemed to have fun with, like, the driving in that one scene. Um, mm-hmm. But had you not seen that, those, like, the multiple, like, bits of um, Hemsworth's character being just a lush and a drunk and doing drugs, it wouldn't have made as much sense at the end when, um, the, when uh, Lauda, I, I can't, I don't know the actor's actual name in, in that case, when he was just like, and yeah, I was, I wasn't surprised when I heard he died at the age of 45. Well, like, and I, I got that within the first maybe five, ten minutes of the movie, but there was a lot of it beyond that that I'm just like, yeah, you're still filling in the idea that this dude was a playboy, basically. Like, you're still filling it in and still, like, and, and like, after, at the end, after he won, and it's, I'm like, yeah, he's, Doing coke. It's the seventies. He's drinking a lot, and to me, I just—I don't know. To me, I just felt a little. I was like, "This is not necessary." And to me, at least, I admit I might be uh, one of the few people who might not think it's necessary. I also openly admit I was a little bored with the movie. Not saying it was a bad movie. It's just not my kind of movie. It was sounds still like interesting. you're saying it sucked and it was bad. No, it was interesting, and it was a good movie, but it's not my type of movie to where I was watching it for a racing movie and rivalry between two people, and I just personally feel like they skipped over a lot of the racing. Like, they they focused on the main parts, they focused on the crash, but, like, and, and like, the whole whole sequence after the crash was absolutely necessary, I 100% agree, but, like, it, it was, there... I I I was expecting a racing movie, and it it, it wasn't a hundred percent a racing movie. And I'm yeah. not saying it needs to be a hundred percent a racing movie, but like it to me, it even didn't even feel like forty percent a racing movie. I mean, realistically, it's probably like on screen racing time is probably less than forty percent. Yeah, but it, it's about their 
interpersonal rivalry, not mm-hmm. necessarily just the driving. Yeah, and you figure with something like that, like I, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Like it, it didn't have much racing, um, because it was about the characters. Like I'm not surprised that it had very little racing because there, there's only so many close-ups of a person's face not really driving a car that you can do. <laughs> Um, and have it be of any interest, especially back then when, like nowadays, it would probably be a little different and potentially a little more interesting because there is so much technology involved and them talking to like their crew and everything versus back then where it didn't seem like they had that, like they didn't have radio set up. Like they weren't talking to their pit crew as they were driving. Like they were pulling in and then being like, yep, I'm pitting. Like, <laughs> like I need new tires. Mm-hmm. And- um, like, they could have used the... I, I mean, I don't know how much access to, like, archival actual race footage they could use, but, like, the one shot that I thought was the, like, worst cinematography-wise was Lauda's crash. Like, that was the one time it looked CG. And, like, I don't know that the movie would have been better with a lot more weird-looking racing scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I don't think I went into it expecting a racing movie. I think I as like I think I went into it expecting it to be more about the characters. Um, and I enjoyed it. Like I don't know, like I don't I would have never watched this on my own. Would have never picked it. Um, I think I like dramas and stuff like this though, just more than probably either of you do. Um, mm-hmm. like I I enjoy watching like a serious movie now and again. So, um, whereas like Rich, I know like. You know, you don't like just action movies, but you like movies that are a little more just have more stuff going on at any given time. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, fights and stuff like that, just more dynamic content, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, and, like, it, I, my, my movie interests range from side to side. It's just, I like, I, if a comedy, if, if a comedy doesn't have a lot going on, I'll still enjoy a comedy. If it, like, it's just, when it comes to a drama, like, I went into this not knowing it was a true story. Like, I, I don't even remember if you had mentioned it was a true story when, when proposing this or anything like that. So I didn't know it was a true story. And, and I didn't, I, like, I figured it was about a rivalry once it started about these two characters. And that to me, I'm like, a rivalry story can make a really good story, in my opinion. And it is a good movie and it's a good story, but, just the content that was provided to me wasn't fully what I was expecting, and it kind of bored me a little bit. I was I was expecting maybe a little bit more head-to-head race stuff, like and 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 even if it didn't have more like that, it's just I don't know. For me, I just I did I didn't need the sex stuff. I really didn't. I'm just like I I I I didn't need Thor walking around buck-ass naked on on screen like. I just, it was, to me, unnecessary. Like, I understand what they were trying to get to, but they already got there within the first five minutes of him banging the fucking nurse at the hospital after he just had a major fight or something with another racer. Like, you already get that he's the, the, um, uh, the playboy. Cause it showed within the first five minutes. Who yeah, that, but was, that was that him was... getting his mojo back cause he had stopped doing that for a while and then was like, fuck it. I, I need to be me to actually be a champion. Like, I get that, okay, was it a thousand percent necessary? No, but it a hundred percent fit the character. Yeah, like, I don't know. 
and like just from somebody who does actually watch a, a decent amount of like drama movies i don't know if it would have actually struck home as well like rich like like you said if, if they had cut like 30 minutes of this movie down and like cut out like some of that stuff i don't know if it was driven home as well at the end of it when they are kind of like wrapping up and lauda is just like yeah and he only he he only raced for like two more years and then he was a commentator and then he was dead by 45 um because then it's like oh well like what fucking killed him and like and because I don't think they actually say he died of a heart attack in the movie, did they? I don't uh, think. So. I don't I th- remember. I think they did say he died of a heart attack. I wouldn't know he died of a heart attack, and I remember I, saying like he had heart issues or died of a heart attack at forty-five. Yeah, like I like, looked them both yeah. up afterwards. Like Lada just died like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like like had they not like kind of like overemphasized like that 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 was him throughout his entire career. I don't think it would have, like, struck home for the audience as well that, like, oh, yeah, no, this guy partied way too hard in the 70s, into probably into the 80s, mm-hmm. and, like, died young as a result. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It was It's actual character development. Something like Fantastic Four had none of. They had plenty of it. They just forgot to put it in the movie. <laughs> I mean, they maybe did cut it and put it all on the cutting room floor. But it was a poor fucking choice. Like, no, from from what I've read, like there is a there is a version of that movie where like there is way more character development, and because of the way that the director reacted to the the cut of that film, it will never <laughs> ever see the light of day. Like that motherfucker burned every fucking bridge he possibly could have, and then like so bad that he basically just like removed himself from the public for years after Jeez. that like he had like a meltdown on social media and i think like he deleted everything after that but like blamed everything on everybody else and then like it also came out that like he was not like um he was not like sexually abusive but apparently he was just very difficult to work with and like could just be like really shitty to like the actors and stuff like that if they weren't like giving him what he was looking for mm-hmm so, like, yeah, like, we're never seeing the Josh Trank cut of Fantastic Four, even if it does kind of fix that middle bit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed Rush. It was, like, again, definitely not a movie I would have ever gone out of my way to watch. But, like, I'm not I'm not sad I watched it. Like, I am sad I watched um, Jingle All the Way 2. Um, <laughs> you know, please. of the movies we've watched lately... Uh, aside from Rush, Rush easily the best movie we've watched lately. Jingle All the Way 2 might be the second best. That's how low the bar is for those other ones. See, like, I, I'm not saying um, Silent Hill is good. I'm just saying, like, I don't personally think it is the worst movie. I mean, come on now. It's, we, we've watched, since Jingle All the Way 2, we watched Jingle All the Way 2, Critical uh, Role, Gamera... Um, then Silent Hill and Fantastic Four. So you guys are forgetting about Gamera. Come on now. Yo, I didn't, I did not hate Gamera. I did not think either. it was a, I didn't think it was it, like a garbage movie. I just don't like kaiju movies. No, kind of, listen, Cobb, it was bad, but it was funny bad. So maybe that is better than Jingle All the Way too. All right, I take it back. Jingle All the Way, Gamera, better than Jingle All the Way too. Yeah, like, um, I, like, I, Rich, I think I have a similar outlook on Gamera as you have to Rush. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you don't think Rush is a bad movie, 
Like, and like True said, like, Gamera is objectively, like, a bad movie, but it's, like, a, a good bad movie. Yes, it's a good um, bad movie. Whereas, like, I'm, I kind of have that, like, similar, like, just outlook on, on Gamera, um, where, like, yeah, it's a, it's a bad, it's like, it's a fun B movie. I just don't enjoy it because it's not my type of movie. Whereas, like, Rush is a good movie. You, you recognize it is not a bad movie. It's just not your type of movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, whereas Jingle, I actually, I actively hated Jingle all the way to. Like, it was just, it was very boring and very bad. Um, I also, I mean, as far as recent things go, um, I liked Critical Role. Like, that was good. That, yeah. Even, even though I did not understand the Nightmare Before Christmas references. <laughs> um, Gamera was, like, it wasn't bad. Like, again, just not my cup of tea. A lot of it didn't make sense to me. Um, Fantastic Four is just, like, it's more disappointing than anything. Um, but I had seen it already, so it wasn't, like, new for me. I think I actually liked it a little bit more the second viewing, because I went in with kind of, like, lowered expectations. Um, Silent Hill is a bad movie. Like, it's, and it's not a good bad movie. It's just a bad movie. No, it's a bad, bad movie. Um, Apparently, there's a cut of someone, there's a fan cut of that movie that takes out all of Sean Bean's scenes, and it makes way more sense. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> but, like, the only other... The, the, the other one that I, I did not enjoy, but, like, I understand why why you guys did, was that game show thing. I forget what it was called. Oh, the Game Changer episodes? Or episode? That is it. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was Game Changer. Yeah, which... like, that That kind of falls in, like, that same... Like, in, in, like, the same vein as, like, Gamera for me and Rush for you. Whereas, like, I did not enjoy that at all. It, I was, it, I just, no, no part of that was good for me, but like, I a hundred percent understand why you guys enjoy it. And I don't think it was bad. It just wasn't for me. Oh, they, they, they did their, uh, they finished up their survivor. It was the season finale of Game Changer for this season. And they finished up survivor this week and it was so good. So good. I loved it. Um, but yeah, it's, and look, I'm not, I'm also not saying that I hated the movie. It's just, there were parts that I was just like, this is just not for me. This is this is kind of boring here, and I found myself going to my phone more often than not. Um, See, like I found myself going to my phone a lot. Of oh shit, really? That is a thing that happened. Like when they talked about how long the Nurburgring was, I was like, wait, this race is only fourteen laps. How mm-hmm. long was this track? Eleven kilometer or what the fuck? Yeah, you, that was yeah, real. Yeah, I, 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 like, that's all, uh, like, stuff I knew. Like, yeah, Nurburgring is, it takes almost 20 minutes to run that track, I think, something like that. Um, it is the most hated race in any racing game. Uh, it was in one of the Gran Turismo's before, and I don't think they ever put it back. So is that not a track that they still drive today? No, well, they still, well, they no. do. Um, I think they do. Um, F1 does not. Also, n- well, that version of Nurburgring has not been used in 40 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, so like around when they were doing it in the movie was kind of like near the end of its life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an actual residential road as well that you can pay a toll to go and drive uh, oh. through with a normal everyday car. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I I will say, and like I, I threw this in like the chat yesterday when I was watching this. One. Thank fucking God I watched this yesterday and didn't wait till today. I would have never had a t- chance to watch it. <laughs> um, but I think it's wild how just crazily unsafe these fucking cars were. Like, I realize, like, it is still a dangerous sport. Like, F1 is still dangerous today. 
Um, like we saw in that, um, in Drive to Survive last, last season where the one dude, like, his car, like, mm-hmm. exploded, essentially. And, like, he survived, but, like... If he was, if it was a car back then, his head comes off. Yeah, no, like, he, he, th- he would have been 100% dead all the way. Like, he wouldn't have been alive long enough to know that the car was on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas, cause, yeah, like, they showed, um, I, I forget if it was when they were still in, like, F3, or if it was right when they had both kind of gotten into F1, but, um, there was an, the accident, and Hemsworth was just like, oh, we should cancel the race, like, this, that, that a man's dead, and Lauda came through, and he's just like, it's his own fault, like, he got cocky took a turn the way he shouldn't have, like, we still race. Um, and then they, they showed the the accident, and, like, literally, like, it, it is basically the same thing that happened to the other guy, like, mm-hmm. underneath the, the guardrail, but because there's there's nothing kind of protecting, like, the driver, it took his, like, from the shoulders up off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's, that's insane. And, like, these guys are just like, yeah, this is a good idea. Why not? Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. yeah, no radio contact with, like, anybody, like, just wild how just and like that one car had four fucking front tires yeah i don't did you see that rich I, by chance I did. did you notice I did. It? that thing that thing was so stupid i hated it but i loved it i wonder yeah. like like did that actually do anything did it actually help or like i mean i guess you get better you should get better cornering if you can get the good grip but your pit times have to be so fucking long with having six tires especially back then yeah, I don't know. I I know they abandoned that after like a season, mostly because it got too expensive to have to be the only ones to have those four small tires, mm-hmm. and to basically to have to custom order those extra tires. Yeah. So, but yeah, like that. Some of that stuff was just crazy, and it, even just watching them pit, like having watched between like the Drive to Survive last season and like the one race I watched. Um, mm-hmm. seeing just how flawlessly, like, organized a lot of that stuff is. Like, like, be- and not even so much because, like, they want, like, the drivers want it to be, but because, like, if they don't do it exactly how they're supposed to, they get fined and they lose points or money or, or whatever. And, like, watching this movie where, um, during the one pit when, um, I think it was in, the- when it was raining, um, like, the mm-hmm. first time it rained, um, it, the- right before the crash, and, the one dude just didn't pit correctly and was literally blocking the pit lane. Mm, and, yeah. like, Lauda's just, like, freaking the fuck out because he's losing time. And he's just like, what in the fuck are you doing? Like, get the fuck out of the way. C- fucking move. Go. Yeah. And then just peels the fuck out to the point where you see, like, the, the guy standing at the edge of the, the pit lane, like, dive out of the way. Mm. And maybe I misunderstood, like, current rules. But I got the impression they're not allowed to do that now, right? Like, they're not allowed to, like, full speed it out of the pit lane that, like, he no. did? Yeah. The, the pits have a speed limit. Yeah. yeah and that's... then once once they reach a certain point, that's when they can ramp up to go. Yeah, but, like, they kind of have to be out of that lane before they can, like, take off. Because I think somebody got... It, it was either in Drive to Survivor or in that race, somebody got um fined points or something like that for doing that. Like... It might have been what's his name Hamilton. I think Hamilton actually did it. Like he got knocked back in um mm-hmm. in his starting place because of some shit he pulled like during like qualifying or practice or something doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was uh in Drive to Survive. He um he had stopped at the end at, for a standing start 
and then went, and it's you weren't supposed to do that or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, back then it just seems like they just did whatever the fuck they wanted, because, like, there wasn't really anybody to tell them that they fucked up, so it was just like, eh. Yeah. That they- was... That was probably the wildest thing for me was watching that last race in Tokyo and how they're like, oh, the, uh, the, the, the pit, uh, or the, the lap masters are all convening and they all have their papers and they're all checking to make sure that they have the right, uh, lapping and, 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 uh, race order mm-hmm. and, and completion order. And I was just like, man, when I go to Dover Downs, I just look at a big fucking stick in the air. And it just shows me where every racer is. Like, this that is was wild. The, yeah, that was the problem. Like, they had that big stick, and it just, no one knew. <laughs> yeah, it was not. <laughs> they lost track was, of it. it. Well, it was raining too much, and yeah, it was, they, they, because of how big these formula races are, and how wide of a range it is, it's really hard to keep track of who's in what position, especially back in the 70s, before all the technology we've gotten. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. that, that race was wild, too, like... They they drilled the holes in Hemworth's um mask to stop excuse me to stop it from fogging up mm-hmm. and um and like even though it was like torrential downpour they're just like oh no we we sold the television rights to this race so uh you're racing whether you want to or not fuck all of you yeah like it doesn't I, matter that six months ago one of you was set on fire um yeah I, and I, and I, no rain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I liked that loud. I was he like after one lap, he's just like it's too dangerous. Um, it's not worth it. But it also kind of goes to show with the way Hunt was racing. If this is actually how it went over, uh, with the way Hunt was racing, if it wasn't raining, Lauda probably would have won the championship again. I I fully a hundred percent believe that Lauda is a better racer than him and would have won. And Hunt never would have made, never would have gotten the championship that year. Well, I mean to that point, like. How many races did Lauda miss with the injury? I think yeah. it was and, six races, and, and he still, still came in second. Yeah, he missed six <laughs> races and declined, and only ran one lap of the last race, and lost by a a point. Lost yeah. the championship by a single point. Like mm-hmm. Hunt had to get third place or higher to get enough points to beat Lauda. Like that's that's. He's a better racer, and, like, it it, it really shows, like, it, it's really good that that happened, because, like, Hunt probably, if Hunt actually would have continued to race, he probably would have died much sooner. And, um, like, I do, I do like, because they gave a little redemption, and I, I wanted to look this up to see if it was an actual true thing that happened, but after the, uh, after the reporter was like, how does your wife feel about your injuries, and how sh- how is she ever going to love a man who looks like you? That Hunt went and, like, took the recorder, put it in his mouth, and bashed his teeth in. It was like, ask your wife how she's ever going to love you, and walked away. I was just like, no, that's a good story. Uh, that is definitely a good story, right? The, the, yeah, the redemption I, arc, essentially. Yeah, they did a good job, kind of, um, setting them up as not liking each other, but kind of, yeah. but having that mutual respect where, like, they, they, would, they would never be friends and, like, going out for a drink. But they had, like... A, a level of mutual respect that, like, they they were watching out for one another. Yeah, and Lauda even said that at the end. He was like, we weren't enemies. Everyone built us as enemies and and and, and rivals, but, like, we we liked each other. We, we talked. When we were together, we talked. We talked about things. It's just it was on the track. We were, we were at ends because everyone is. Yeah, and, like, he even said that, that he was the only man he ever envied. Yeah. yeah. But, Drew, I 
you you are actually probably right, Drew. Like Lauda would have won, and or actually, Rich, I think you said that, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, but I wonder, so, um, Hunt was Hemsworth, Hemsworth's character, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so he, he only raced for two more seasons before retiring and, like, becoming, like, a commentator. I bet if he hadn't won, he would have raced longer chasing Lauda. Oh, he, he would have, he would have continued to race until he won a championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the on- the only reason he he quit two years later is because he won a championship after a second major year. Like, but he would have continued if he didn't win. Yeah, th- that whole bit does seem um authentic though. Like, Lauda really did quit after like one or two laps. Um, a part because of how bad it was raining, and like he actually couldn't see. Um, mm-hmm. because of his burns, um, his eyelids were basically fucked, and his tear ducts. So yeah. his eyes were constantly watering. So between the inability to see through his mask and his eyes watering, um, he had no visibility. So like for mm-hmm. him, it actually like he was the most likely one to crash again. Yeah. Um, and like the the racing sequences they had in the movie, they were really good. Uh, really good sense of speed. Um, I just kind of wish her like the one that really I was annoyed that they didn't show. It was after Lauda came back. I believe it was after Lauda came back. And Hunt, his car broke down near the end of the race. And Lauda oh, wins. Oh, right, yeah. And I'm like, I know it's, like, it It could have added a little bit to it to where maybe they showed a little bit of the, the rivalry leading up to that race and then maybe his car breaking down as Lauda passes by him and whatnot. Like, that just would have, to me, added a little bit more to it, at least to the rivalry aspect, than... Some of the other stuff that I talked about was like, y- you added a little bit too much of that to build that up. And this might have built up a little bit more of the rivalry for me. Like, they still show the rivalry very great. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know. Decent movie. Good pick. Yeah. Um, anything else either you guys want to say about it? No. I think we covered it all. Yeah. If you're, if you, uh, if you've got Netflix and have some time, go watch it. Let us know what you thought if you didn't already. Uh, I posted about it. At uh, about it, it today on uh, Facebook on the 8th. So you can come talk to us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram about it. Uh, are you guys ready for the next pick? Go for it. Alright. So, I actually asked you both this yesterday, and both you motherfuckers ignored me. Um, I was streaming, okay? I don't respond when I'm streaming. What an asshole. So, I, I have two things um, like, kind of ready. Would you all rather watch a live-action movie from the 80s a, a like, gen- generally, like, well-regarded, Drew, just so you know. Like, not something that's straight garbage. Um, you you guys both p- may have seen it before. I don't know. Um, or an animated movie that is not a Disney animation or Pixar film. I have well, no preference. Yeah, to me, it, it doesn't matter either way. Like... Okay, uh, well... If the case, 80s movie is a Demolition Man, I'm all for it, but I don't think that came out in the 80s. I think it was the 90s. Came out in the mid-90s. Damn it. Um, we need to watch Demolition shit. Man. Is Demolition Man available anywhere? Hang on. I'll look. You go tell your thing. All right. Uh, so we're going to watch uh, Blade Runner. It's 93 was Demolition Man. Earlier than I thought. Uh, and it is... You have to... It's rentals and premium subscription on Hulu. Uh, Blade oh, Runner? hey, it's, it's on Hulu, though. Well, it's premium subscription, so you would need, like... HBO or Stars or whatever. Oh, really? It just yeah, that's just what it says. Just says Hulu. Uh, Google well, says like, Hulu Premium subscription. Yeah. 
I thought premium subscription was just Hulu like paying mm. for it. No, it means no, you that need. Means, yeah, you need like one of those. No, services. it's just no, it's just there. You can just watch it. Hulu Premium is definitely just Hulu. It's it's Hulu when you pay for it. Yeah. Um. Because I think the the subscriptions they actually say like what other thing because if it's on Hulu with HBO, it's also on HBO. Um. But yeah. Uh. Blade Runner. It's Blade Runner. The Final Cut is on HBO Max. Um. I have only seen Blade Runner once, and I want to say it was the director's cut somewhere around high school. So it's been close to, if not over, 20 years since I've seen it, and I don't really remember much of it. Um, So I thought that would be an interesting one to watch I, and kind of, like, chat about. I, I remember watching Blade Runner once as well. It might have been... I know Eric was there, and honestly, Drew, and I think you were there as well. It was either you or Vogel. And, and, Don't think or, maybe, or maybe both, but like, I remember hating it, but we didn't watch the proper version because I know there's like one of like the 13 versions is the good version. So it's based, everyone kind of has like a different take, but the, from what I've read online, cause I was actually trying to figure this out yesterday too. The theatrical cut, um, this, the movie apparently went double over budget. Like it, it, it was two times what they had budgeted for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the producers took way more control over the final product than they normally would have. Um, but they were funding it, so they kind of got to. So they changed a whole bunch of stuff. They added, um, uh, voiceover from Decker, Deckard. So, um, like basically explaining scenes where there was no voiceover, um, for like an audience that wouldn't be able to just figure things out on their own. Um, and also took out any kind of ambiguity about like, was he man or was he machine at the end? Mm-hmm. Um, the director's cut was apparently better than that and closer to what Ridley Scott wanted it to be. And then this final cut is apparently like exactly what he wanted the movie to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whether, whether that's entirely true, whether that makes it the best version, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I thought it would be an interesting one to watch and it is like generally regarded as a, you know, a very good movie. So yeah. Um, it's not more like garbage like we we've done in the past. <laughs> um, hopefully not anyway. Like, hopefully it's not in just a terrible fucking time. But I think it'll be it'll be a an interesting it's, one. It's not gonna have aged well at all. I promise you. It it's not, but it's also a sci-fi movie that's while it's based in 2019. Um, it was like that like like that hyper futuristic sort of deal. Not like mm. as like it was kind of the same way that Back to the Future Two like was in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, while it didn't age, while I'm sure it didn't age well, I'm sure it aged better than things that were set, it, like, it'd be better than us watching something set in the 80s. Because mm-hmm. at that point, it's just like, oh, yeah, no, these jokes don't land anymore, <laughs> and stuff like that. But, still, you know, it is a cultural touchstone of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so that'll be two weeks from now, I guess, unless... Drew, when do you go away again? I keep forgetting. Uh, April 6th. Okay, so that, that's actually a few weeks. So we yeah. will be watching Blade Runner for the episode that will go live on March 24th. Um, does that work for both of you guys? Yeah. Should. Awesome. All right. So yeah, March 24th. I'm going to put that on the doc so I don't forget later. Um, I guess just very quickly, I'm going to just mention this. I, uh, I watched the movie Werewolf Within over the weekend. Have you guys heard of this one? Nope. No. So, you guys know the game Werewolf, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I did not know this. Apparently, there's a video game version of that uh, published by Ubisoft. And this movie was made by Ubisoft TV and movie division. Okay. Um, it is, it, it's that game. It, it's the werewolf game where like one person's a werewolf and it's a bunch of people trying to figure out who the werewolf is. Um, they don't necessarily know it's a werewolf throughout the movie, but they know something is wrong and something is killing people. Um, it's, it doesn't have like a star studded cast, but it's got like recognizable faces. Um, so like the AT&T girl is in it. <laughs> And, um, did either of you watch Veep? I don't think no, so. No, no. Um, so one of the guys, um, Sam Richardson is the actor's name. He, he was in, um, Veep. I know he's been in other stuff, but Veep is, like, what I know him from. Um, like, he's one of the main characters. Um, just a lot of, like, that sort of stuff. Like, not necessarily people that were, like, super, like, prominent roles in, like, a major movie. But, like, faces that you see and you're just like, Oh, right, that person. I know them from a thing that they did. Um, but it was, it was fun. Um, it's like a, it's a comedy horror movie. Uh, and at one point they are kind of like sitting around and almost doing the, the like werewolf game thing, like kind of like accusing each other and like discussing like who it could be and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, it is, oh, what did we watch it on? Fuck. I think it's on like showtime, maybe. I can't spell tonight. Jesus, what is wrong with my ability to type? I'm just, yeah, no, I was just going bad. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, so it's on Showtime. Um, unfortunately, it's one of those situations where uh, you can watch it on Amazon, but with a Showtime subscription. So in order to watch it on on basically anything, it's a digital purchase, not a rental. Um, but Amazon does like the free trials. So I just did a free trial of Showtime and just canceled it the same day um, to watch it. And, like, it was fun. Like, if you're looking for, like, a funny horror kind of movie that's just kind of goofy and, like, a little unexpected. Like, I did not – it was at least about halfway through where, like, I started to, like, pick up on, like, who was actually the 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 killer. Um, So it's not super obvious right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. But – and also just, like, some of, like, the, the ending stuff where, like, it wraps everything up and explains everything to you. I, I was more just, like – Oh shit, like, I didn't think these things were all connected, but look at you guys, like, bringing that shit back around. But yeah, it was, it was a fun movie. Nice. I'll have to look into it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth it. Um, but I think that is probably gonna do it for, for this episode. Yeah, pretty light, yeah. light, light week, but busy weekends lead to light weeks. I didn't get a lot of TV watching this week. Yeah, I'm trying to just catch up on all these fucking CW shows. Um, I got through Legends, almost finished Batwoman, um, still have to watch all of The Flash, which comes back tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 their event was really good, so it's worth watching. Um, I have to do all of, uh, Superman and Lois season one, so you got to, and I still have to do, uh, Superwoman, so, or Supergirl. Yeah, like, I, I did finish Supergirl back in the fall when that wrapped up. Um, I'm like an episode behind on, Superman and Lois, um, but that just came back like two weeks ago, so I think I'm just, mm -hmm. maybe I'm two weeks behind, um, but I like that show a lot, so like, I don't mind having to watch like a couple of those, um, I think, uh, I think Legends actually wrapped up stronger than it, uh, than it started, but it was still not my favorite, not my favorite yeah, season yeah, of the show, this, and this, this season of Legends is like probably my least favorite. Yeah, and that, that it has generally been one of the shows that I enjoy the most. Yeah. But, Anyway, oh, well, super quick. Uh, there, there is a uh, charity bundle on itch, 
Ukraine.io for Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a thousand games or whatever. Or 991 items currently in the bundle. It is ten dollars. Uh, there's things like Skatebird and 2064 Read Only Memories, Super Hot, uh, Baba is You, whole bunch of stuff. If people are interested, can you throw a link into our group chat, and I will throw that yes. into the show notes. I will throw that right in there right now. Awesome, yeah, because I will um I will put that link in the timestamp doc I have. This way, I definitely see it. <laughs> Because sometimes, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll come back to, to this from the chat later and grab that link and just totally fucking forget about it. Mm-hmm. Man, fucking Facebook and your weird redirect nonsense. So I, I right-clicked the link and just said copy link and pasted it, and it was, like, Facebook's, like, bullshit, like... Oh. <laughs> so I had to, like, paste it, go to it, and then copy the link. But I got it. It'll be in the show notes. Um, Y'all can just look at the notes, and there'll be a link to it there that you can follow and at these games and support Ukraine at the same time. Yes, yeah, support them. Cool. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it. If uh, if you missed it like five minutes ago, we're going to do Blade Runner for our next book club. And uh, sorry, I'm like typing and trying to keep track of everything. Uh, other than that, though, if you'd like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with your dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the fun places. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. It all helps a whole bunch. You can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo, and you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. Other than that, though, we'll be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.